Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some, which I believe should be the true American motto because I think it's been that way for many years. So, welcome. You can reach us at ehud at itsareligion.org. That's ehud at itsareligion.org. We will have a website someday. But uh, right now, we're more interested in getting the Word of God out there, getting the Word of God established in the airways, getting the Word of God to you, because that is the starting point. I read in Hebrews this morning a fantastic piece of Scripture my wife and I love. For the Word of God is active and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is amazing to say about the word of God. But it is. It is the truth. The absolute truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. So help you God. And me too. But uh, it's it's an amazing thing, folks. When you get into the word of God and stay in there. And, and don't leave it. And keep reading it. Keep uh, learning from it. Keep un- trying to understand it better. And uh, it is living and active. It will change you it will help you see the truth of why you're here what you're doing what the purpose of this whole thing is uh to bring god glory and uh what a glorious thing that he did in creating all this and what an amazing thing it's going to be to be with him someday but that you've got that or you got the religion of blank evolution uh secular humanism um feeding myselfism selfishnessism uh whatever else you want to try and follow. So you got two choices, folks. Either follow God and his son, Jesus Christ, or something else. That's it. That's all you got. You know, you can lump everything else into the same category because you're not following the truth. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, No one comes to the Father but through me. And I don't think he was kidding around. I think he was pretty serious when he said that. So... We have been reading through the Bible. We started in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to continue that process today. We're actually up to Exodus uh, chapter 31. We are learning about the Israelites and the exodus from Egypt and, you know, supposedly into the promised land initially, but then we had some bumps along the way. So they didn't make it as quick as what they thought they were going to. But uh, let's continue. Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri. Uri. What a great name. Uri. Uh, Son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, the ability and intelligence with knowledge and craftsmanship. So how cool is that? To be chosen from God, to be filled with all this stuff. You know, once you put your faith and trust in Christ, the Bible says God gives gifts, you know, of evangelism, of other things um, to men to be able to do things uh, for his kingdom. So that's pretty neat to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver and bronze and cutting stones for setting and in carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him a holy ab, the son of Ahisamach. Man, they had some great names back then. Of the tribe of Dan, and I have given to all the able men ability in the, that they may make all that I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, 
and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, and all the utensils, and the basin, and its stand, and its finely worked garments, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. And the Lord said to Moses, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know what I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among its people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Now there's a pretty big uh, deal when it comes to the Sabbath. And there's still folks today who think that Christians, especially uh, Jewish Christians, I would imagine, but Gentiles as well, should keep the Sabbath, should keep it holy, should keep it separate, should keep from working on it. And uh, I think it's it's a good thing, certainly, to keep uh, a separate day, a day unto God, a day that, that you're not doing something for profit or for your normal business. But when people think that mowing the lawn would be included in that, I don't know, you know, because I can worship God mowing the lawn myself, I think, by taking care of the things he's given me. Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, may sacrifice you. Because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among its people. Now Jesus came along and he, he said, you know, look, if your donkey falls into a pit, you're not going to leave him in there. It's because it's a Sabbath. You know, show some mercy on this. It's not, I mean, I think God was, was strict on this in some ways because Israel was so fickle. You know, they had seen him do all these miracles, and yet they were still fickle of heart. To want to go, some of them, you know, a lot of them wanted to go back to Egypt into slavery again. And isn't that the case with us a lot of times? Those, you know, when you've come from a life of sin and you're saved, there's your flesh wants to go back to that. And I, I think in a lot of ways, people struggle with that. And it could, you know, be for a long time. God's Spirit is powerful, and God's Word is powerful, and it, it changes you, but there's a uh, a choice that we have every day to stay in it, to continue in it, to endure, the Bible says. You need to endure until the end. Um, and so there's a process. I don't, you know, I know there's many who believe that uh, you're saved by God's gift of faith and gift of grace. Uh, gift of grace, I would agree with 100%, but I don't know, I don't understand how you get, how you give somebody faith. You either have it or you don't. Now, you can uh, 
I know the, the apostles asked God to increase their faith along the way, but I don't see any examples of God giving a saving faith. And I know there's some out there that would argue with me, but but as you go through the book of Hebrews, it sure seems like you can fall away, you know, if you don't continue in the faith. Uh, one of the uh, parables Jesus talks about with the sower of the seed, you know, it seems like there are those who believe, but over time they're worn away because of the things of the world and the cares of the world. And, and uh, so I don't know, you know, I mean, I know God is the only one who can save anyone. And he did what was necessary at the cross to be saved. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, uh, you are saved. You confess with your mouth and, and uh, believe in your heart, truly. Uh, you are saved, period. I, that's what the Bible says, and that's what it teaches. So we're saved by faith, um, saved by grace through faith when we put our faith and trust in him. So, um, But it's a complicated process. There's Again, people are going to argue about that. I, I don't know. I'm just sharing with you what I believe. And... Um, it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how somebody's saved, just the fact that you can be. And that's the thing we should focus on instead of arguing about how it's done. So regardless, uh, God is good and he's given you an opportunity to trust in him, to believe in him, to follow him. And here, at least in the Old Testament, he's called uh, everyone to set aside a day and just... Don't work. Don't try and uh, continue to produce things and do this. You know, take a break. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your your God. And, uh, you know, we try and do that. I think more, we've gotten in a better habit of it uh, anymore than what we have in the past. So, anyway, uh, I think we're going to call that a show today because I've got stuff to do. And so, I will... Thank God for this day and pray that you are blessed. In Jesus' name, see you later. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing. The summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mom.